I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Supreme Court ruled today 7 to 2 to leave the uh, Affordable Care Act, uh, also known as Obamacare, intact. And if you think it's just the headline of a political battle, there's much more to it. There's real ramifications. So let's begin. Think you know the news of the day. Think again. So the, the headlines, of course, uh, were that the Supreme Court upheld 7-2. to two, And uh, a big reminder, we often talk about the closely divided court and the politics of the court. But remember, the, the vast majority of the decisions are... Nine zero eight one or seven to two. Uh, this is another one of those cases where uh, the court came together for the most part uh, around uh, Obamacare in this particular case. And uh, helping us break it down today is Clifford Roski. He's a professor of law at the University of Utah in the S.J. Quinney College of Law. He teaches uh, courses on uh, constitutional law, criminal law, sexuality and law, and mindfulness and law, and uh, has. Uh, been uh, great to join us today. Uh, Professor, thanks for joining us. And uh, just first blush, uh, it seems like the beginning of the opinion uh, by the Chief Justice uh, centered uh, around first uh, just on this issue of standing, that there really wasn't standing in this case. And I think that was the beginning and the end of the opinion today. All the court held uh, in the 7-2 to two ruling is that the plaintiffs who were trying to challenge the Affordable Care Act did not have standing to challenge it because they simply hadn't been harmed by it and wouldn't be harmed by it in the future. Yeah, and I appreciate you uh, emphasizing that because it has been, uh, of course, a lot of wide-sweeping conversations today about everything from you know kids staying on your insurance to pre-existing conditions. And this case today was really not about any of that. This this was really, as you said, beginning and end about about standing. Yeah. And standing just means the right to sue. And the court has said that the Constitution requires an actual controversy between two groups in order or two individuals in order for a federal court to hear a case. And the point of this ruling was the individual mandate was gutted by Congress in 2017 when the penalty was reduced from six hundred ninety five dollars if you don't get insurance to zero. So it's really not a mandate anymore. It's much more of an invitation. It's basically the government saying, please get health insurance. <laughs> it's, uh, and it's sort of like the uh, unarmed uh, British Bobby who, you know, yells uh, stop or I'll yell stop again. <laughs> you, know, <kind> of. <laughs> you know, exactly. And so the court said, if you don't like this so-called mandate, then ignore it because there's no way to enforce it. Yeah. You can't be harmed by this. If you just don't get insurance your penalty is zero dollars. Right. Uh, and I think that that's so fascinating because, of course, it was 
the Republicans that led that charge in 2017. Uh, and I think it was one of those uh, perhaps politically too cute by half, uh, thinking that this would, you know, upend and, and uh, kind of cause the whole uh, Affordable Care Act to crumble down on itself. Uh, but in, in reality, they made it so there there's no way anyone could be harmed by the individual mandate. Is that right? Uh, and that's right. I mean, uh, it is an irony that a Republican-controlled Congress amended this law in a, in a manner that effectively saved it. Um, no question that that's an ironic result. I, I think the implicit message from the court today is – Congress, if you want to repeal the Affordable Care Act, then repeal the Affordable Care Act. Mm. And do you think that does any? Don't, don't. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Professor. Just you know, don't don't get you know too cute by half, as you said. Don't monkey around with the thing. If you don't like the law, you can repeal it. If you don't want to repeal it, then it remains the law. Yeah, and I think that is something that uh, a lot of people have looked at at this that because Congress has failed to do just what you described. Uh, that the court has had to, of course, uh, back in the early days of the Affordable Care Act, where uh, with Chief, Chief Justice John Roberts, who uh, tweaked the law a little bit, sort of had to rewrite it a little bit uh, to make to to have the argument stand. Uh, but now they're clearly sending the message: Hey, this is not our job as the court. This is not uh, SCOTUS care. I think uh, one of the uh, justices <laughs> described it. Uh, but Congress really has to do their job if they want to change something. Yeah. All right. So so what does this do in terms of um, the, there are still obviously other lawsuits out there uh, in lower courts uh, regarding the Affordable Care Act, Care Act? Does this have any impact on those or any future uh, lawsuits that may be filed ar- around this? To the extent that lawsuits are still trying to challenge what used to be known as the individual mandate uh, and now might be called the individual invitation um the court calls it the minimum essential health insurance coverage. Um, if that's what people are trying to challenge, they're going to have a very difficult time doing that after this decision, um, because this decision said that both individuals and states have no standing to challenge that provision. It's hard to imagine who would have standing to challenge it yeah. uh, if individuals and states don't. All right. Clifford Roski, professor of law at the University of Utah's S.J. Quinney College of Law. Appreciate your analysis, your insight, and for jumping on with us today. It's been a pleasure being with you. Thank you. All right. Uh, Great insight there. I really appreciate the professor uh, coming on to break that down a little bit, getting beyond all of the legalese of it all and and making it very simple. Uh, And I think that's the important thing to recognize is that when Congress took that $695 penalty, uh, or consequence for not getting its insurance and took it to zero, uh, it took out anything that was harm. Uh, therefore, there's no way you can have a lawsuit because you don't have you haven't been harmed by having to do or not do something. Uh, and I think the professor was absolutely right in saying this is really the individual invitation, not the individual mandate. Uh, I think the politics of this will continue. I think the court sent a clear message: Congress, if you want to change something, do your job. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. 
Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.